We are in shock and grieving. In case you haven't heard the recent Canadian news, there were 215 children found buried near what used to be a residential school in Kamloops, British Columbia. Canadians are in mourning for these yet unknown children and their families. Since I found out about this atrocity, I have been racked with anguish for the families whose children were literally stolen from them during the time of the residential school system in Canada. I didn't grow up knowing about the horrifying treatment of children and the devastating loss for the families of Indigenous children. I knew that residential schools existed, but really had no understanding of this very dark time in Canadian history. In total, an estimated 150,000 First Nation Inuit Métis children um, and what we call Indigenous children attended residential schools between the 1830s and 1996. Well, being a parent, you know, it, it is entirely beyond comprehension of what it must have been like, what it must have felt like for parents and loved ones to have their children ripped away from them. I don't even want to begin to pretend that I can fathom the pain and the suffering because honestly I can't fathom it. I can't imagine my children being taken from my clutches only to see them once or twice a year or worse never again as in the case of the 215 children in Kamloops. We have kept ourselves ignorant through much of Canadian history. But over the past number of years, as the Truth and Reconciliation mission has taken place, there has been an uncovering of truths. This most recent revelation of the 215 children found buried near the residential school in Kamloops is, is really a jarring reminder of how dark our history is. And at this time, it is likely many will feel anger anger towards the government, churches who instead of protecting people, abuse them, deprive them of their culture and language, stole them from their families and treated them not as humans, but as creatures undeserving of human rights and families, and sorry, and freedoms. So this is an emotional time for us Canadians as we grieve the loss of 215 innocent souls. I can't help but think about, you know, the stages of grief described by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, you know, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Grief is such a roller coaster, each individual moving through the stages of grief in their own time and in their own way. The stages, you know, they're not linear, and you may only go through a couple of the stages, but they are relevant for us to use as a way of understanding the processing and emotions we may go through during this time. And I'd like to unpack these a little so that you have a sense of where you might be at in the journey as you learn about these and other children and families whose lives have been impacted for generations as a result of the residential school system. And understanding these may also help you to navigate grief in a number of situations in your life, from relationship breakdowns, 
death of a loved one, medical diagnoses can bring bring on grief as well, and and you know anything where you are in grief. So denial, you know, this is avoidance when there's confusion, shock, fear, uh, sometimes even elation. But this whole denial, uh, you may deny the news or go numb. And honestly, denial can actually be effective in that it allows you to sort of pace your feelings of grief so that you almost stagger the full impact of what you're facing. It's actually a form of protection for you. So, you know, this stage is not about, there's no judgment here. There's no, no judgment for any of these stages. This really is just about us acknowledging and understanding that there might be a whole number of different feelings that we're going to be experiencing through this time in Canada as well as during other times of grief. So denial is one. Anger is another. Uh, Frustration, irritation, there might be anxiety. Once reality sets in, you may experience anger. You may blame others, blame yourself, or God, you know, depending on what the situation is for you. So it's really healthy to allow your anger out as a way to diffuse the inner volcano. When we keep anger bottled up, it inevitably shows up somewhere, sometime, in some way. And allowing your feelings of anger is a very healthy um, process, and often the anger will actually dissipate more quickly if given the opportunity to really express the feelings and um and so being able to express that with loved ones um for some there you know there may be posts on social media things like that so just being free to express that in a healthy way is important bargaining bargaining is another one so this is where uh, we struggle to find meaning in a situation. This is where we may be trying to make a deal with God, like, hey, you know, I'll change this, God, if you do that. Or, um, you know, you might feel feelings of guilt. And what if I had done this? Or what if only if only this had happened, right? Uh, depression is another one. This is where we may feel overwhelmed, There might be helplessness, feelings of hostility, a flight, you know, that fight flight kind of situation. Well, depression would be more the flight. And this is when you feel so low and so lost. So you may have a feeling of emptiness and perhaps even a sense of despair. And there may be overwhelm for how to resolve the situation or how to fix what feels so broken. And uh, you know, I've experienced this in, in my life for various situations and certainly right now as this news has come to light in Canada, there may be a lot of people who feel a tremendous sense of overwhelm. Like how in the world do we even begin to resolve this incredible damage that has been done? And so this is a very normal you know, expression of that grief is that depression. And then there's acceptance. This is where, you know, the exploration of options, putting new plans in place, forgiveness, moving forward, 
these are the kinds of things during that acceptance stage of grief. This doesn't mean that you feel that what's happened is okay. This doesn't mean that you come to a place of, you know, uh, you know, hey, no big deal. I'm going to forgive and forget and move on, right? This just means that you come to a place of realizing the new reality and accepting what is. And as with the other stages, you may go in and out of acceptance as you continue to process your loss. So forgiveness as a part of acceptance is not something that everyone will go through. However, many researchers, psychologists, spiritual leaders and others have really discovered that forgiveness has tremendous power for the individual and for the collective. For, forgiveness isn't about for, sorry, forgiveness is about letting go of resentment, letting go of bitterness and letting go of the need for vengeance. So it's not about excusing the past or making the other person or situation right. It's not about forgetting necessarily, although sometimes it sure would be nice to forget things, but it's not what this is about. Forgiveness rather is about shifting your feelings from blame to those of inner peace. And as Wayne Dyer said, these thoughts of resentment, anger, and hatred represent slow, debilitating energies that will disempower you if you continue to let these thoughts occupy space in your head. If you could release them, you would know more peace. So that's from Dr. Wayne Dyer, who the first um, part of his life, he was in foster care and suffered a whole variety of abuses and, and different situations. So, you know, I so appreciate when people speak things about forgiveness when they too have really endured some significant traumas in their life. Because sometimes we think, well, how, how in the world could I forgive this situation? Or how in the world, you know, how in the world can we even forgive the past? How in the world could we even move forward from what has been so devastating? You know, if we look at this, this current situation, how do we, how do we, how in the world can we forgive? And so it's not about letting the other person off the hook. It's not, or the other groups or parties involved. It's not about letting them off the hook. It's really about that inner peace. And honestly, as I mentioned before, I cannot begin to fathom the loss and the horror that was experienced by the thousands of families and children during the more than 165 years of residential schools in Canada. I don't know how to repair the incredible legacy of pain and suffering that has endured. I don't. I, I really don't. I wish I did. I wish we all knew how to repair the damage. What I do know is that it's important for those directly and indirectly affected to be able to allow the feelings of grief without judgment or shame for where we think we should be on the journey. This is really about a process and one that I really hope we continue to be open to and allow one another to move in and out of the stages of grief. If you or your family was impacted by the residential school system, my prayer is this. May your story be heard. May you feel free to grieve. 
And may you know that as our eyes are opened more and more to the harsh realities of our Canadian past, that our new Canadian culture will be one of compassion, acceptance, and most especially love for all our neighbors. We may not be able to fix the past, and for that we are so deeply sorry. But we can most certainly work towards a future of love for one another. Thanks for tuning in today. Um, I do have a couple of uh, sources that I drew upon for the information today. Um, uh, you can go to my blog at KimberlyChalmers.com to access those sources and feel free to reach out on Instagram at Kimberly R. Chalmers or through my blog. I would love to have your comments and just hear your response to what I've brought to you today. Thank you so much.